Democratic candidates can claim that an election was stolen because of Russian collusion or without any explanation at all, and that is perfectly okay and is in no way incitement to an insurrection. And somehow, when Democratic candidates publicly decry an election as stolen or illegitimate, it's never a big lie. You've been doing it for years. But can you imagine telling your supporters that the only way you could possibly lose is if an American election was rigged and stolen from you? And ask yourself whether you've ever seen anyone at any level of government make the same claim about their own election. If Stacey Abrams doesn't win in Georgia, they stole it. It's clear. It's clear. And I would say, I say that publicly, it's clear. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. He knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. Votes remain to be counted. There are voices that were waiting to be heard. And I will not concede. Respect, and I respect where you're coming from, and I respect the, the issues that you're raising. You're not answering the question. Do you think it was... I am. I, no, do, I, I, would I not he, do it? You're not using the word legitimate. There are still legitimate concerns over the integrity of our elections and of ensuring the principle of one person, one vote. I agree with tens of millions of Americans who are wor very worried that when they cast the ballot on an electronic voting machine, that there is no paper trail to record that vote. But constantly shifting vote tallies in Ohio and malfunctioning electronic machines, which may not have paper receipts, have led to additional loss of confidence by the public. This is their only opportunity to have this debate while the country is listening, and it is appropriate to do so. House Manager Castro no longer has to try to imagine it, thanks to the distinguished senator and others. It didn't have to be this way. The Democrats promised unity. They promised to deliver the very COVID relief in the form of $2,000 stimulus checks that President Trump called for. They should have listened to their own words of the past. I leave you with the wise words of Congressman Jerry Nadler. The effect of impeachment is to overturn the popular will of the voters. We must not overturn an election and remove a president from office except to defend our system of government or our constitutional liberties against the dire threat. And we must not do so without an overwhelming consensus of the American people. There must never be a narrowly voted impeachment or an impeachment supported by one of our major political parties and opposed by the other. Such an impeachment will produce the divisiveness and bitterness in our politics for years to come and will call into question the very legitimacy of our political institutions. The American people have heard the allegations against the president and they overwhelmingly oppose impeaching him. They elected President Clinton. They still support him. We have no right to overturn the considered judgment of the American people. Mr. Speaker, the case against the president has not been made. <coughs> there is far from sufficient evidence to support the allegations. And the allegations, even if proven true, do not rise to the level of impeachable offenses. Mr. Speaker, this is clearly a partisan railroad job. The same people who today tell us we must impeach the president for lying under oath almost to a person voted last year 
to re-elect the speaker who had just admitted lying to Congress in an official proceeding. The American people are watching and they will not forget. You may have the votes, you may have the muscle, but you do not have the legitimacy of a national consensus or of a constitutional imperative. This partisan coup d'etat will go down in infamy in the history of this nation. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I yield back the balance of my time. Okay. <clears throat> I... <laughs> That is so good because uh, what you what you missed there is Trump's lawyer just walking back up to the podium and and kissing his fingers and kissing the sky. <laughs> they just left. He just left. It was it was as flawless a victory as you could possibly get. And again, we we have to highlight something. I did a couple of posts. I did some podcasts. And you know, when we were leading into the challenging of electoral votes the the you know refusal to certify electoral votes in some states remember republicans are basically saying look we got half a dozen states where there's still procedures and there's still potential litigation that is happening they're not at the end of all of that we should stop for 10 days that's it and allow that process to play out while the while also the federal government would would lend some aid in investigating some of these allegations that's all it was this is perfectly legal this is perfectly constitutional we've highlighted this many 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 times and what we ended up having is you ended up having a bunch of people say this was an attempt at a coup this is an attempt at decertifying a legitimate election yada 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 okay um, some people even made the argument, including members of Congress, by the way, that you could use, I think it was the 14th Amendment, to remove members of Congress who did not certify, vote to certify the results in certain states. Well, if that's the case, there's a whole lot of Democrats who are going to be removed from Congress because they did it with Bush, uh, his first uh, first term, his second term, and with Trump. And far more Democrats did it and they voted to not certify far more states than what happened this time around. And as I pointed out, there's nothing new about this process. There is nothing that was unusual about it. This is certainly something that happens every single presidential election, um, or at least uh, with regularity, not every single election, that's not correct, but with, uh, with regularity, right? So people were out there convinced people don't know the process people don't know what's actually happening they are convinced that this was some illegal attempt at the republicans to not allow the election to uh to go forward and that's not what it was in any way shape or form so what the lawyers basically did there they started off okay talking about how there's this hypocrisy here and then they just played a montage some of which for the record was only a few months old some of that stuff went back to the, the Clinton impeachment. Some of it was just a few months old. Some of the Hillary Clinton clips happened right before the election took place. So we're not talking about stuff that is ancient history and things have dramatically changed or anything. We're talking about some things that were fairly recent, where they were saying things that they now claim, if a Republican says, is un-American and is grounds for removal from office and possibly a criminal investigation. That's what we're dealing with. You're dealing with that kind of crazy. And as I've said before, the tribalism on all of this allows you 
to say, well, I I didn't agree. I did agree with Nadler when he said the same exact thing under the uh, the Clinton impeachment, but now I also agree with Nadler when he says the opposite. Doesn't make any sense. Either a partisan impeachment is a partisan impeachment, or it is not. Nadler can't have it both ways. But again, when you're hyperpartisan, this is what happens. So, uh, President Trump, who is now the only person to ever be exonerated twice with impeachment. Here's this full statement. I want to first thank my team of dedicated lawyers and others for their tireless work upholding justice and defending truth. My deepest thanks, as well as all of the United States senators and members of Congress who stood proudly for the Constitution we all revere and for the sacred legal principles at the heart of our country. Our cherished constitutional republic has was founded on the impartial rule of law, the indispensable safeguard for our liberties, our right, and our freedoms. Uh, for the record, we will get to Trump's lawyer on uh, CBS. Ho, ho, ho. So good. It is a sad commentary on our times that one political party in America has is given a free pass to denigrate the rule of law, defame law enforcement, cheer mobs, excuse rioters, and transform justice into a tool of political vengeance, and persecute, blacklist, cancel, and suppress all people and viewpoints with whom or which they disagree. I always have and always will be a champion for the unwavering rule of law, the heroes of law enforcement, and the right of Americans to peacefully and honorably debate the issues of the day without malice and without hate. This has been yet another phase of the greatest witch hunt in the history of our country. No president has ever gone through anything like it, and it continues because our opponents cannot forget the almost 75 million people, the highest number ever for a sitting president who voted for us just a few short months ago. I also want to convey my gratitude to the millions of decent, hardworking, law-abiding, God-and-country-loving citizens who have bravely supported these important principles in these very difficult and challenging times. Our historic, patriotic, and beautiful movement to make America great again has only just begun. In the months ahead, I have much to share with you, and I look forward to continuing our incredible journey together to achieve American greatness for all of our people. There has never been anything like it. We have so much work ahead of us, and soon we will emerge with a vision for a bright, radiant, and limitless American future. Together, there is nothing that we cannot accomplish. We remain one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God, and it's our responsibility to preserve this magnificent inheritance for our children and for generations of Americans to come. May God bless all of you, and may God forever bless the United States of America. That is Trump's official statement after being exonerated for the second time. You know, I was struck with something that was a bit ironic. For years now, we have heard from the radical left that we need to defund the police, that we need to release any and all inmates in prison and jail, and that we need to tear down and completely dismantle, destroy, maybe not even rebuild the justice system in this country. And the reasons for those demands have been the police lie, they fabricate evidence against people, and it is all based on the color of your skin, your socioeconomic status, etc. So for years we have heard we need to tear down our system of justice because people fabricate evidence and convict innocent people also the left let's fabricate evidence and try and convict an innocent man 
Let's fabricate evidence and try and convict another innocent man in General Flynn. Let's fabricate evidence and try and convict several other innocent men. Carter is one of them. It is staggering. Remember, they are everything they say they're, they are opposed to. They do everything they accuse their rivals of doing. And that goes right along with using the justice system to lie about people, to fabricate evidence about them, and to try and throw innocent people behind bars or get them thrown out of office or barred from running office for office, even though they have never done anything illegal. Never forget that. Whatever they accuse their opponents of doing, they themselves are doing or have done. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. If you missed it, Michael, Va- uh, was it Vanderveen? Yes, Michael Vanderveen. This is one of Trump's defense attorneys. He went on CBS and he got into a a verbal confrontation with Lana Zack. I don't know who Lana Zack is, but the exchange was great. I can't play the entire thing, but if you haven't watched the video of this, you need to go watch the video of it because this guy just, he basically owned her and then he threw his mic down. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. I have a small snippet of that to play for you today, just a couple of minutes, but if you can find about seven and a half minutes of time today in order to enjoy a, a true verbal beatdown, then definitely go get this. I'll put it in the daily show prep, of course, which will be out to everybody with our new newsletter system today. But I wanted to go ahead and play this for you because it's just, it's epic. It's amazing. Again, this is Trump defense attorney, Michael Vanderveen, and he is talking with a CBS reporter, Lana Zach. Joe, roll it. No. Well, throughout, throughout the trial, you denied that Mr. Trump had a role in inciting the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. You argued, first of all, that there was no insurrection. But during your closing arguments, you seemingly admitted that there was, in fact, an insurrection, using that word, saying that that, that was not up for debate. What role no, you, did the you, former you president you play? Under, you, didn't, you didn't understand the case. I used the word I'll give you the opportunity to clarify, my, sir. Sure. I uh, used the word insurrection in my closing argument when quoting the charging documents. Um, What happened at the Capitol on January 6th is absolutely horrific. But what happened at the Capitol during this trial was uh, not too far away from that. The prosecutors in this case doctored evidence. They did not investigate this case and when they had to come uh, to the court of the Senate to put their case on because they hadn't done any investigation they doctored evidence it was absolutely shocking i think uh when uh when we discovered it and we were able to expose it and put it out uh i think it turned a lot of senators the american people should not be putting up with this they need to look at who uh who these house managers were uh, and look to see whether these are the folks they want representing them. It was abs- It was shocking to me. Wouldn't have believed it. Uh, 
Let's follow up with uh, with a point that you're making right now about the House managers, as you say, doctoring evidence and uh, and the argument. They didn't, de uh, they didn't to be deny clear for it. Our viewers, they didn't deny it. Uh, I put it in our, front of them three times. To be clear times. for our viewers, what, what you're what you're talking about now is is a check mark. Uh, that's a verification on Twitter that that did not exist on that particular tweet. Uh, a 2020 that should have actually read 2021, um, and the selective editing you say of, of the tapes is that how, wait, is wait, that wait, the wait, doctored wait, wait, evidence wait, wait, of what you're speaking? Wait. That's not enough for you. That's not enough for you. I'm, I, I'm, I, I, wait, wait, wait. No, sir, no, no. I'm trying. Listen, I, I am not a listen. juror in this trial. That's, what I'm trying to be all... clear for our viewers is what you actually, is what you're we, referring we found, to. No, not no, everybody no. has found, been following. It's not okay not, not everybody, to doctor sir, a little bit of evidence. Respectfully. respectfully. I have not, not said it is. Question, I have not said it is okay. Ma'am, your question is I want turned. to be clear for our viewers. Listen, what I want to be clear for our viewers about what exactly you're saying when you say doctored evidence. The media has to start telling the right story in this country. The media is trying to divide this country. You are bloodthirsty for ratings. And as such, you're asking questions now that are already uh, uh, set up with a fact pattern. I can't believe you would ask me a question indicating that it's all right just to doctor a little bit of evidence. There's more stuff that we uncovered that they doctored, to be frank with you. And perhaps that will come out one day. But we won this case, and I'm not a sore loser, but what happened, or a sore winner, I should say, but what should happen is somebody should look at the conduct of these house managers. It, it, it's unconscionable. Aside from It is unconscionable. Now, she's basically trying to make it seem like, oh, these are just some typos. No, they rewrote that woman's tweet. They didn't just add via Photoshop a Twitter verification check mark, they actually changed an entire word around. So the, the Chinese Communist Party asset, Eric Swalwell, changed her tweet. You also had uh, Jamie Raskin blame Trump supporters for burning the church at the Million MAGA March in December. And it was Black Lives Matter who did that. <laughs> There's more. We did, we did a bunch on this last week, but um, if you haven't seen that entire video, make sure you watch that entire video. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Want to thank RNB Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw, R&B Car Company, are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. So if you're watching the live stream, if you're at dlive.tv slash Casey the host, you are seeing something right now that you probably haven't seen in a while, although it's not working, but it is there. Uh, we are looking at Parlor.com Back from the Dead. It is up there. However, it just went live today, and there is still um, the, the full migration of everything that is happening. So there's no feed. There's no notifications. Uh, there's no profiles that I can see on my end. Maybe some people in different regions have different, uh, different uh, experiences, but nonetheless... We are actually staring at the social media parlor.com. Parlor.com has been back up for a while with like little updates here and there. 
but the the actual social media network is live, although not fully functional right now. It's going to take them a couple of days to get things up and running. So if you've been waiting for Parler to come back, good news, it's there. They're working on it. Uh, and, and again, this is a, a bit of a, you know, it's a process to get everything kind of over and transferred and all that stuff, but they are back up. So give it a few days before you can actually use it with some functionality. We'll keep checking back in on it on a semi-regular basis. In the meantime, let's talk about something that I have been telling you about for many, 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 many years. Math is racist. Now, of course, math is not racist. Neither is English literature or American literature or being on time or popular, popular, proper vernacular. Uh, none of that's racist, but this is kind of what we're dealing Science is not racist. You know, we could go down the list of all of the things in education that we're told were racist. Um, this is It's unfortunate that we're at this point, but again, this is not something that is new. This is something that has been around for, for many years that I tried to tell you about, tried to warn you about. When I first moved to Michiana, I was talking about this, and people thought I was nuts. Here's this new guy from the big city, and he's talking about how liberals are running around and saying that basic subjects in school are racist, and therefore we shouldn't really teach them the way that, that we ought to teach them. And people thought I was absolutely crazy for saying that. No, nah, nobody actually believes that. Ah, lo and behold, here we go. It's normalized. Now, again, I've had to point this out many, many times. If leftists are telling minorities that education is racist, learning proper English, being able to read the classics, um, learning math, learning science, being on time, all if, if, if the left in academia is teaching minority students primarily that that is racist while simultaneously, particularly in the black community, um, getting an education is frowned upon and seen as a betrayal of the culture, in many places it is, then you start seeing a picture develop, don't you? That it sure does seem like the left is dissuading minorities from getting an education, which is, of course, the exact opposite of what the right wants. The right wants minorities to be educated. The left is the one that is opposed to parents of children being able to take their kids out of a bad school and take them to a good school so they get away from all of the, whether it's peer pressure, whether it's gangs, whether it's drugs, whether it's bad teachers, bad curriculum, bad, you know, disconnected faculty, whatever it is, it's the left that doesn't want parents to be able to do what's best for their kids. The right wants them to be able to. You start evaluating this any way you slice it, the political right, conservatives in particular, are completely and consistently coming down on the side of, we want all children, regardless of income level, regardless of religious background, regardless of the color of their skin, to get a great education. We want the parents to be able to be in the driver's seat of that. It's the left who opposes all of that. So here we go. The Oregon Department of Education recently encouraged teachers to register for training that encourages ethno-mathematics and argues, among other things, that white supremacy manifests itself in the focus on finding the right answer. That's right. Remember the old days when you couldn't use red ink on a paper because it was causing people to have 
negative feelings about themselves. It was hurting their feelings or getting down. You couldn't use red ink to grade a paper and get the answers wrong, you know? So if you got a, you know, an 80%, you'd write 80 on there. All it did is remind them that they didn't get 100%. The ODE newsletter sent last week advertises a February 21st Pathway to Math Equity Micro Course which is designed for middle school teachers to make use of a toolkit for dismantling racism in mathematics. The event website identifies the event as a partnership between California's San Mateo County Office of Education, the Education Trust West, and others. Part of the toolkit includes a list of ways, quote, white supremacy culture allegedly infiltrates math classrooms. Now, what do you think some of the ways that white supremacy culture infiltrates math classrooms? What do you think some of those those examples might be? Well, I'll tell you a couple of them coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Got to tell you about Southwest Vision Center again They've got locations all over Michiana, so pick the location that is nearest you. Our family loves these people over there. Uh, Obviously, if you need eye care, you might as well go to the best, and that's where Southwest Vision Center comes in. Uh, Let's go back to the last school year before pandemic stuff happened. The school, you know, schools, they do these eye exams and things like that. They do the ear exams in order to provide some basics for parents who aren't, you know, connected with their kids or may not have the means to get them actually tested. Well, we got notification from my kid's school that my my daughter, my oldest, needed glasses and that her vision was bad. Like bad, like really bad. We're like, I don't think so, right? My ear's got selective vision. (laughs) You parents know what I'm talking about. So what we did is we, we took her over to Southwest Vision Center, which my wife and I have been customers of for a while now. Uh, they did a full eye exam, far more detailed than you're ever going to get in a school. And they found, she's got perfect 20-20 vision. She doesn't need glasses at all. Doesn't need glasses at all. Uh, but they did identify some things to look out for in the future that might change and affect her vision. And because you went to a professional place like Southwest Vision Center, they're able to, to see those early markers. They're able to warn you about it, give you some tactics to help stave them off. And again, we're talking about things that may happen when she's an adult, right? Just early indicators of stuff. Um, And, you know, hey, while my daughter was there, she decided that she wanted a pair of glasses just for fashion statements. So she got one of those. We love it over there. They're extremely professional. They've been treating me for dry eye syndrome for a long time. Um, I'm able to drive at night a heck of a lot better because of what they've been doing with my eyesight. My wife was just there a couple of weeks ago getting her prescription uh, updated. And, you know, any place that you can go and you can get Wiley X sunglasses with your prescription in them, that's a place that I'm, I'm happy with. Their customer service is amazing. They're family oriented and they're, they're just the epitome of professionalism. Go to SWVisionCenter.com, SWVisionCenter.com and let them know that I sent you. You're going to get special discounts for being a listener of this program. SWVisionCenter.com. Let Southwest Vision Center know that I sent you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back to Oregon which is where Antifa basically makes their home in Portland. So Oregon is telling you that math is racist. We've been talking about the math is racist, science is racist, uh, English literature is racist for many, many years on this show. Like I said, when I first moved to Michiana a decade ago, some of you thought I was nuts when I was telling you about this. But again, it came from the city. And guess what? They were talking about it. So here's here's the the latest example. We left off at ways that white supremacy culture allegedly infiltrates math classrooms. Those include 
this is white supremacist now the focus on getting the right answer it's white supremacist i've said this before math is math it's universal and when people try to argue that math isn't universal we start running into real issues Um, for example try and keep score which they don't really want to keep score uh try to become an architect and erect a uh, erect a skyscraper without getting the right answer in math just try and do those things see what happens you know see, see exactly what happens to your culture and your buildings and everything else when the focus isn't on getting the right answer because the right answer is subjective think about what happens there students being required to quote show their work in other alleged manifestations now I have told you before, I have an issue with the way that the public educational system requires you to show your work. So, told the story before, I'm back in high school. I was better at math than my teacher, who is the track coach. Not a math guy. Basically just read whatever the book told him. But to be a coach at the school, you're required to teach a class. Math was all that was available. Health wasn't available, so he took a math class. And he taught algebra. The problem is he doesn't know algebra. So I would, I, I, there was a point where half of the year I was failing the class, even though I was getting the answers all right. And I was failing it because the work that I was showing was different than what the book told him the work should be. And he was convinced, in spite of me being able to show him, he was convinced that I was doing it wrong. No, there's more than one way to get the right answer. All that should matter is that you're getting the right answer and you're showing that you're using some kind of work. It doesn't have to be the work that the teacher wants you to do. That way, just you're proving that they're not cheating or using a calculator or an online tool or something like that. But they actually know how to get the right answer. Even if they're not doing the work the way the book is teaching you, you should be doing the work. As long as you're doing that, I think you're good. But unfortunately, in the public educational system, they care about doing the work specifically the way that the book teaches it, even if it's less efficient, right? We've run into that a couple of times with my eight-year-old who is really good at math also. So anyway... The concept of mathematics being purely objective is unequivocally false, and teaching it is even much less so, the document says. Like I said, try and do some chemical formulations, try and come up with, oh, I don't know, a COVID vaccine or a cure if you're just running around and you're picking whatever answer you actually want instead of the right one. See how that works out for you and human society. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget you can watch live at dlive.tv slash Casey, the host. You can also download the free 95.3 MNC app or listen at 95.3 MNC.com. More coming up next.